You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. And of course, you can argue that sports.com. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my best friend, John, some sports guy, Hickman, starting at left guard. Not really, but left hey, guys, I'm happy to be back. That's what I played in high school. I'm so happy to be back to discuss what I think, Cody, stop me if I'm wrong. Listeners, tweet me if I'm wrong. But what I think was a very good draft for the Houston Texans. Uh, they were oh, able to get their hometown man. Uh, you would agree? Okay. So they were able to get their hometown man, Ross Blacklock, with their first pick at 40. And then from that point on, they were able to kind of tackle uh, everything that they needed to tackle in this draft, right? We needed another receiver, got that done. We needed an edge rusher, got that done. Brought in another tackle, got that done. So this draft for the Houston Texans were, uh, was, I'm um, sorry, was a draft to, it's not going to make anybody forget about this past offseason, right? We're not going to forget about the DeAndre Hopkins trade. We are still fuming about the Jadavion Clowney trade, which I think in hindsight, we need to give Bill O'Brien some credit because he is still unsigned for the asking price that he even went down from 20 million to 17. He's still unsigned, but nonetheless, we're still fuming about those two trades because of the picks we received back. But I got to tell you guys, man, this draft for the Houston Texans, it started out good and ending good. And I can't wait to discuss it today with my best friend, Cody Davis. In sports, we're going to talk about what the Texans was able to do in this draft that will set them up moving forward. But, Cody, as great of a a draft the Houston Texans had, those boys in Dallas had a very good draft. I, I mean, a very good draft. And... The Dallas Cowboys had a very good draft. The San Diego, I'm sorry, L.A. Chargers had a good draft. The Ravens had a good draft. Uh, I don't think, to say who had the best draft, it's kind of hard to put, you know, hand on it. The Raiders had a very good draft. The Giants had a very good draft. But, woo, I would hate to be a Packer and a Eagle fan right about now because – um, Nothing the, made any sense. The Eagles won. The Eagles draft when they got Jalen Hurts. I agree with that pick because every single year, and John, you know, way before me and you took over this podcast, the durability of Carson Wentz, I have a problem with it. And I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. So if I have a problem, if I have a problem with it, I know people in Philadelphia do. Every single year, this guy gets hurt. And you know me. I wish 
to a certain extent that the Eagles would have kept Nick Foles and let Carson Wentz go because this guy, his durability is is useless. So for them to go out and draft Jalen Hurts, I'm okay with that pick. For the Packers, I I don't know what the hell. I don't I don't know what the hell they was thinking. To me, arguably, I believe the Cincinnati Bengals had a might have arguably had the best draft, an underrated draft class that that they brought in. I would have to say it's not the most glamorous, but right here in Houston, I do believe the Houston Texans came away with a really good draft. Like I said, it's not going to be the ones like Dallas and Cincinnati that 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 you know stole the headlines, but the guys that Bill O'Brien and his team had brought in, this might be the best underrated draft class of 2020. But Eagles, I understand it. Packers, I, I don't know what the hell to say. We're here to talk about the Houston Texans, and that is exactly what we will do coming up next, starting off with what Ross Blacklock can potentially do for the Houston Texans and then expanding on each of the other players. Cody, I can't wait. I know you cannot listeners at home, in your car, wherever you are. I know you guys are ready to discuss the possibility of next season with these added draftees. The NFL draft was very successful across the league and the league in general, actually, I know they love the numbers that they drawn in on. Oh man, it was amazing. It, it was like the virtual draft itself. I really enjoyed it more than what I, more than what I thought I would have. And just watching every single family from the comfort of their homes. We got, we got some funny memes out of it, but. Oh man. Oh, I feel bad for those girlfriends. <laughs> Oh my goodness! When a mama say move, you better move. Just you like better that. move. You, you better move. And and CD Lamb claimed that you know him jacking the phone out of his girlfriend's hand. You know it wasn't like that. I don't know. Um, you know, but that's neither here or there. But overall, the NFL, the virtual NFL draft was great. ESPN brought in a total of fifty-five million viewers over the last three days. And their viewership actually went up by 16% when compared to the 2019 NFL draft. Big win for the NFL. For whatever reason reason with the numbers, first and foremost, we were just excited to see a sport that we like, right? Adam Schefter got killed on Twitter because of a statement he made that was, I, I think, was literally taken out of context. Uh, in regards to we have the first sporting event we've had in a while. And he was killed because, you know, the WNBA draft was a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, nonetheless, Adam Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter is a NFL reporter, and I think that was taken out of context. How, however, you know, people were just so excited to get a sense of football with everything going on. And on top of that, it was a little bit fun just to see more – home reactions so much so that the number 40th pick ross blacklock and his family straight out of mo city here in houston you know they were able to celebrate with their child getting drafted to their hometown team and let's go ahead and start off with what he could possibly be for this team now i will say this going into the 
you know, regular season, preseason, however you may cut it, Tim Jernigan and Brandon Dunn, well, not Brandon Dunn so much, but Tim Jernigan will probably get a lot more looks because we still don't know Cody listeners at home. We really still don't know the process of the offseason and if it'll be cut short, if it will be condensed, if it will be, you know, blocked and you can only do things during this time and this facility or whatever the case is like they normally do, but a little bit more uh, just, you know, boggled down. So we don't know what the process will be moving forward. However, the city of Houston and the state of Texas did officially semi-open back up uh, today. Uh, I'm excited. I really am to see how this entire process will go about moving forward. Yeah, I'm excited too. But um, to piggyback off what you said, Bill O'Brien in his post-draft conference on Saturday night said that um, today, as a matter of fact, that he will be meeting with all the Texans newcomers, especially the rookies. He's going to meet with them on a virtual, most likely Zoom conference, just to let them know everything that's going on. So as soon as we get word on how Bill O'Brien is looking to not only work with the rookies, but work with the newcomers and the team as a whole, we would definitely bring that back to you guys. Yeah, and just to kind of go down the list of draftees, second round, Ross Blacklock, third round, a guy that I didn't think would still be there, but he failed. Love to it. The best landing spot, Jonathan Greener. Love it. Uh, love you, love it. I loved it too, man. Nine and a half sacks last season for Florida. Big, hmm. big. And, and, and I'm always, I have always been big on Florida edge rushes, whether it's outside linebacker or defensive ends. They constantly put talent in the league. There's, well, I don't know if they're going to stay in the league for a time because of, you know, how the stigma of Florida. But the talent that Florida puts in the league at that position has always been good. In the fourth round, Charlie Heck, the offensive tackle out of North Carolina. Another fourth-round pick, John Reed, cornerback out of Penn State. And then to end it off, fifth round, Isaiah Kotler out of Rhode Island. The road, the wide receiver. Cody, I know you did an amazing job this past weekend keeping up with everything, you know, breaking down, writing articles, giving your your two cents and more on these draft picks. What are you looking for in these players? But more importantly, what did you take out of this draft? Well, most importantly, Bill O'Brien actually lived up to his promise. You know, there was a lot of movement going on with this team prior before the draft one oh we're not even going to talk about because that'll be like being a dead horse but bill o'brien actually said you know in his press conference leading up to the draft that his number one goal was to improve the team's defense through the draft and he basically lived up to his promise three of the five draftees that he brought in were defensive players and two of them i believe would actually have an immediately impact on this team of course we're talking about ross blacklock and jonathan grenard i'm gonna let you take the floor when it comes to blacklock but me personally my favorite pick was jonathan grenard because this is a guy i did not think was going to be there by the time the texans draft in the, the third round i i was expecting him to go early in the second round and for him to still be there by the 90th pick i i, I was blown away and the reason why I like Grenard so much is because his player comparison, a lot of people say he reminds them of a young Jadavion Clowney. 
And John, you know, going into this draft, my number one focus and my number one priority, I wanted to see Bill O'Brien and the Texans make sure they they solve was finally getting an edge rusher who can finally fill that void, a void that they've been looking for ever since they traded him back in August. Now, Grenard is going to take some time. He's not going to come in right away and be the savior of the Texans defense. But I do believe, the, the, depending on the development that he goes, I mean, hell, he even talked about it in his um, introductory press conference on, I believe it was Friday night, which was day two. Um, he even talked about it, you know, in his um, introductory press conference that he is looking to take his talents and actually learn alongside Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt. I mean, those are two of the best teachers this guy can ask for. He has the talent. He has the potential. He has the right mindset coming into this team. And then you're going to have Watt and Merciless as your two teachers. You're talking about a guy who is arguably the best pass rusher in the SEC. I am blown away that the Texans were able to get Jonathan Grenard. And I, I believe not only he's going to be the best steal, but he's going to be the best player out of this 2020 Texans draft class. Wow. That is huge statements. And uh, I'm going to hold you to it because it's not like Please I disagree. Do. I just can't, I can't wait to see this entire draft class who I think, you know, at some point during the season, whenever it kicks off, these guys will be getting meaningful minutes, if not starters. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this, that going into the draft, the entire focus was what everybody thought it would be, defense, right? Mm -hmm. The Houston Texans allowed 6.1 yards per play last year. So with their very first pick, they got Ross Blacklock. And what that does is that replaces a guy that they was going to Heavily missed in DJ Reader at a cheaper price, and I think uh, uh, possibly a higher ceiling than what DJ Reader had. You know, it, it took DJ a, a few years to kind of get it. Ross is a guy that I believe can come in once he gets his feet where it can contribute right away. You mentioned your love for Jonathan Greener, who I can't wait to see. But here's what I wanted to mention with the offensive tackle, Charlie Heck, and guys, best believe Tuesday, tomorrow, I will do my due diligence and watch complete film on every draft prospect uh, or draftee that the Texas drafted. But there's a, two positions on this team, specific positions that we felt like, yeah, we have decent guys there, but there's a possibility that we can make an upgrade or get younger and a little bit better at that position, depending on how fits work. And Charlie Heck is an offensive tackle at 6'7", 303 pounds, right? And he has to work on his footwork at the next level. He will be going up against elite pass rushers in the NFL. But the thought that I'm having is that maybe the Texans brought him in to be a right tackle and slide Titus Howard down to guard, solidifying the tackle guard, the tackle guard spots. You know how much I'm you know, big on Max Sharpen. We know what Laramie Tunsil can do and how great he is, who just got his contract extension, a very big payday, which we'll talk about tomorrow and what that means moving forward. But they brought him in for a reason. The Texans have, you know, talked about for the last two years how they want swing offensive linemen, kind of a tweener in the NFL. I hate it. I really do. But that's what they're looking at. And to bring him in could possibly mean a shakeup on the offensive line. But I got to tell you this, Cody. With the uncertainty that we have at wide receiver, 
You know, every year, Will Fuller, is he going to play? Can Kenny Stills, you know, can he stay on the team? Or is he going to get traded? Or what can Kiki QT do? Is he gone? Bringing in Isaiah Cutler, who brings speed, energy, some good size, had over 1,000 yards last year, eight touchdowns out of Rhode Island. That kid can play receiver. And if he's healthy, what he can do with Deshaun Watson may be a sight to see in the future. Um. You're right, but to be honest, I wasn't that big on Isaiah coming. And it I only say that due to the fact that at the time when the Texans drafted him, I was neutral about the decision because I actually wanted to see the Texans go out and draft a wide receiver, especially the the, the group that came in in this 2020 class, but I kind of I I my thought sort of changed after you know after the draft played out and I realized by the way of them trading all three of their seventh round draft picks I was kind of disappointed in that because that was their last pick and they used that last pick on the receiver me personally I kind of wish that Bill O'Brien and the Texans could have at least waited and addressed that need with the undrafted class because I mean I don't I don't know the draft board of all the other 31 teams in the NFL but I don't know too many teams who actually had Isaiah High on their on their on their draft board saying you know this is the guy we're going to go after me personally I would have would have wanted to see the Texans either you know either use one of their seventh round picks before they traded it of course but more than anything, sign Isaiah as an undrafted free agent. And I only say that due to the fact you take a look at the safeties that the Texans have. I mean, yes, we have a solid um, safety core, but you take a look at guys like Antonio Brooks Jr. and Jordan Fuller, both of those guys, they can make an impact this season on the Texans' core versus Isaiah. Yes, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the the Texans receiving core, but let's say if all of those guys stay healthy, then I'm looking at it from a standpoint, where does Isaiah fit in? Well, we know that Bill O'Brien desperately wanted to address the depth, right? I mean, that's why he went out and drafted a cornerback, which I think has some versatility. We can possibly move him to safety because I don't know how secure they are right now with Tasha and Gibson moving forward into next season. But they wanted to address the depth. I get it. And I agree. I, we, we, we were both on the same board of addressing depth. So they brought him in to match Kenny Steele, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, if he will be on the roster moving forward, Brandon Carr. DeAndre then in Carter. case something happened, DeAndre Carter, who, you know, I, I really <laughs> primarily, the you know, the return man, but in case anything happens, which it has before, we have a talented body that could possibly contribute in a more in more of a way than we thought he could have. And, and that's why I like that pick. Maybe you could have went with somebody else, but in the fifth round, if you had done your due diligence and scouting on this player and you knew that, okay, he does things that we really do like here for our organization, then you have to get your guy. Uh, one thing I desperately wanted to say is you like the green R pick. I like the green R pick. Led the SEC with nine and a half sacks last year in 20 three total tackles for loss. 
No other SEC player had more than 18 tackles for a loss last year. That was a solid, solid third-round pick. And the combination of what Greener and Blacklock could do moving forward with the right mentor like J.J. Watt, like a journey who's been in the league for some time, played in Philly, like Whitney Merciless, like Anthony Weaver, who was a former defensive line coach, bringing both of those guys in on his defense. Now he is the uh, Texas D.C. There's a possibility that they have fixed a lot of the issues that were leaking out, causing damage to this Texas team. We got to give credit where credit is due, and Bill O'Brien brought it this draft. You know, Bill O'Brien is a Bill Belichick student. They have their own attention to detail that they, you know, they go through their own process. They go about things in their own way. But if you want to make sure that you get your things brought to you, you need to check out Postmates. If you're like me, you're probably starting to think right now what to eat for dinner. I know I did. That's why I use Postmates while I'm eating lunch a lot of times. What do I want tonight? Given what's going on in the world right now, Postmates created a non-contact delivery. So when I order from a local restaurant, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout for my favorite restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local business. It's a great way to support my community, which I love, and you should too. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android. Find your favorite restaurants and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. Again, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. You know, when we look at this draft and what we needed, there's a couple of things I want to say. Yes, we still hate the trade. Yes, Bill O'Brien makes boneheaded decisions based off of emotion. But that's not what this past draft was about. None of these guys coming into this situation right now was based off of what the DeAndre Hopkins training was. And so when we take that out of our feelings toward the head coach GM, Bill O'Brien deserves a B. And you can you can really pitch for a B plus grade in this draft. He solidified his defensive line by getting Ross Blacklock, hometown kid out of Houston. Also went and got another edge rusher that is desperately needed out of Florida, who had nine and a half sacks last year. 23 tackles for loss. Got a versatile cornerback. Got a swing tackle, swing lineman that you can move from tackle to guard whenever you need to and could possibly be a starter at some point. You continue to provide and build depth in your receiving core. And those first two picks alone, with the limited amount of picks you had, you only have five picks in this draft after trading away all seven rounders. Which that's why I give him a B and not a B plus. I think at some point you probably could have used one of those to upgrade your 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 team somewhere. But he did a very good job with the players that were brought in. I gotta give him kudos, and so should you guys. I mean, I know we hate him, but right now what he did 
from this past weekend solidifies what he wanted to do, his goal, which was to bring depth. If we look across the defensive line right now, we have J.J. Watt, we have Tim Jernigan, we have Brandon Dunn, we still have Carlos Watkins, we still have, still have Charles Omenehu, and now with Ross, we have six defensive linemen, which I know we're not done yet. Now we also have Whitney Merciless, Zach Cunningham, Bernard McKinney, Duke Elavior. Now we have uh, Green, Greenard from Florida. Now look at our secondary. Now they are versatile, which is something that he credited them to in his press conference. And so you don't want to give them credit and not continue to build off what you believe is the best trait of your secondary. And you also brought in a receiver as well. He did what he had to do, what he wanted to do, stick it to his goal, his plan, bring depth. I give him a B. If you give Bill O'Brien a B, oh, look, B for Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that. But if you give Bill O'Brien a B, I'm actually going to give Bill O'Brien a an a an a minus and the only reason why i would give him that instead of a solid a is only due to the fact that john i mentioned this in the last segment having isaiah as your last and final pick of the 2020 draft i didn't like it that much only due to the fact i kind of believe that he could have at least gotten isaiah as an undrafted free agent and actually use that pick if, I mean, I'm pretty sure he possibly knew that was going to be his final pick, but possibly use that pick to at least bring in another safety because you you just mentioned it that there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding Tayshawn Gibson. So me personally, I would have liked to see that pick being used on another defensive back. But overall, good job, Bill O'Brien. This is an excellent class. Tomorrow, we're actually going to get into the undrafted free agents that he brought in a couple hours after the draft. So, but overall, good job, A minus. You guys should definitely be proud of the draft, the job that the entire scout team, Bill O'Brien, the GM, head coach, did to bring in these players, high character guys as well. And I'm really happy that the Texans were able to nab a hometown guy. Overall, this was actually a successful weekend for the Texans. I mean, you look at what he did with the draft. The Laramie Tunsil getting his bag is finally over with. And now they're actually starting early talks into giving Deshaun Watson his first major payday. Overall, this this overall has just been one good weekend for the Houston Texans. Yeah, it has. And I can't wait to see where it goes from here. We only want to go up. We don't want to get these deals done, uh, these deals done. We don't want to bring these guys in if we're going to stay at the same place. And, of course, that's what the offseason is for. So from now until the offseason, whenever it kicks off to preseason, to regular season, where they'll be playing 17 games this year, you know Locked on Texas will be there every step of the way. Guys, you know what you can do. Always follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy. Shoot me any comments, concerns, inquiries, however you feel. Starting Tuesday, I am off. I've worked eight days in a row, and when I tell you I am going to Kool-Aid with my dog, <laughs> whew, my goodness, I cannot wait. But follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy with two eyes at the end. Follow the Locked On Texas Twitter page, at Locked On Texas, and also subscribe to You Can Argue That Sports.com, where Cody has been putting in major, major work and let me tell you guys something. You don't want to miss out on it. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out on it. Again, 
You can argue that sports.com. And you also don't want to miss out following me at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. John, you always talk about how I don't watch anything on TV, but John, just to let you know, during the time of this recording, we got 15 minutes to spare. I'm going to watch part three and four of this Jordan documentary. I already seen part one and two about three times already. So, yeah, unlike John and his Tiger King and Lion King foolishness, please tweet me so we can discuss this Jordan documentary. Because, boy, Jerry Crouch, man, I I don't want to put too much blame on him because, one, he's no longer with us, and, two, he's the general manager. But I, I find it so fascinating that a general manager, when it's your job to not only build a championship team, but let alone a dynasty, you let your pride get in the way. They could have easily won at least one more championship. The funniest thing about those first two episodes and tonight is the Dennis Rodman and Bad Boy episodes. <laughs> but the funniest thing about those those two episodes was the fact that it dawned on me where the villain from Space Jam came from. And that was Jerry Cross. Exactly. And exactly. I laughed about that for 10 minutes. I really did. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.